0: Welcome to Friends in Fiction, Five Best-Selling Authors, Endless Stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together. With chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, these friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic. They got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure.
1: And welcome to Friends and Fiction, our weekly Facebook Live show featuring author chats in support of independent bookstores. Our community of readers here on Friends and Fiction has grown to almost thirteen thousand members, and we could not be more thrilled to be welcoming you here tonight. So let's get started. I'm Kristen Harmel, and my latest is The Book of Lost Names, which comes out in just six days.
2: Yay. I'm Christy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey, and my latest novel is Feels Like Falling. And I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my latest novel is On
0: Ocean Boulevard.
3: And I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and my latest book is Hello,
1: Summer. This is Friends in Fiction. We are so glad you're here. Of course, we're missing our fifth, Patty Callahan Henry, whose latest is becoming Mrs. Lewis. She's visiting family, but she will be back next week. We're going to miss her a lot tonight. But tonight, as you can see, we have a new face among us, another wonderful special guest. We are thrilled to welcome New York Times bestselling superstar, Jasmine Guillory, the author of The Wedding Date, The Proposal, The Wedding Party, Royal Holiday, and Party of Two which I handily have right here, which just (laughs) came out a few weeks ago and was of course an instant New York Times bestseller. You may remember that The Proposal, Jasmine's second novel, was a Reese Witherspoon Hello Sunshine book club pick, which is amazing. Cosmopolitan Magazine has said of Jasmine that everything she touches turns to gold and clearly they are right. She has become a queen of the rom-com and I have to say I am pretty honored that we share a literary agent, the fabulous Holly Root. Um, So I feel like I'm in great company and I'm so glad that Jasmine is here tonight with us on Friends and Fiction. So welcome Jasmine. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. So before we get rolling, everyone, I just want to remind you that every week we feature an independent bookseller. And this week we're working with Bank Square Books in Mystic, Connecticut. You can head over to our Friends and Fiction page to find a link to Bank Square Books where all of our new books ship free. No coupon code required, which is actually a bit more of a discount than our usual 10%. And of course, that includes Jasmine's party of two tonight, which we'll be talking about. Um, we also wanted to tell you that tonight we will be donating $1 per book sold to the Hurston Wright Foundation, which supports emerging black writers, which we all think is so important for creating more diversity and representation in literature in years to come so now jasmine without further ado we are so happy to have you here and we would love to start off by talking a little bit about what you've been up to these last few weeks since your new book came out um and i think we'd all be so interested to hear uh how the shutdown has impacted your tour how you've been still finding ways to connect with readers things like that
4: yeah you know of course like my whole tour tour was virtual so my first week um i did i think an event, like four events um, that week and then a few the following week. And I have to say, like going into it, I was really worried. Like I kind of thought a virtual tour would feel depressing um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, because one of the things that I really love about, new books and and going on book tour is being able to meet readers and interact with them but it was it was really exciting like it was great to be able to chat with like author friends about my book and about their books um and people that I wouldn't necessarily have gotten to talk to because of geography you know now it's easier to like set up that stuff um and to be able to have like people from all over the place be able to join these events which isn't usually the case so that part was really exciting and I got to hear you know it got interesting questions from um, from readers like all over from all over so that that's been really lovely and I and I've gotten to like be on the other side of some of those events I you know did a Virtual event with Emma Straub for her newest book, which I loved, All Adults Here. And then earlier this week, I did a virtual event um, with Kate Stamen London, whose um, debut novel just came out. It's called One to Watch. So that was really fun to like be on the other side of that and get to talk to like writers whose work I really love about their work it, you know in a in a way that like it, it's not better than bookstore events cuz i love those but it's different in a fun way right. so yeah. so that has been really good like and i'm glad that i was like i was wrong to be worried about it you know it's it's yeah. been a lot better than i than i thought it would be
2: you
1: know, it, it's cool because I feel like this is, um, it's become this new normal now. And I, I feel like when we go back to things being as they were, I think this is going to continue because it's yeah. a completely new way to interact with readers. I mean, it's just been, I think we all agree, right? Like, it's just yeah. been a wonderful new change.
0: Yeah. yeah. I still I've been been one go. Tour. I'd yeah, also been able to go to places. Yes. Go ahead,
4: Jasmine. I've so impressed with, like, bookstores who managed to just figure it out really fast. Yeah, and- yeah they knew how to do the zoom thing and set this up. And like, they just know, you know, they got their tech people on it really early, yeah. which I think we were all still figuring that out. And bookstores have really led the way in that. So I've been really impressed with it.
1: Us too, since we we sort of stumbled our way into existence, right ladies? Yes, completely. <laughs> One of the
4: things that I wanted was going to say is that we are reaching bookstores too, yes.
0: that or people in communities that we couldn't go to.
4: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's
2: so been a bonus
0: for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Christia.
2: No, I was just going to say, and you definitely hit on this, but it's been so fun. I was actually like laying in bed this morning thinking about this because Mary Alice and I did an event together this afternoon. And it's been so fun to get to like meet authors that I've never met before, and like do you know events with authors that I've never met in real life, and I might never have had the opportunity to. And now I feel like I'm going to be kind of spoiled when I go back on real tour because I love just being in conversation with another author and all the cool places that that takes you. Mm-hmm. Good
3: point. Yeah, I miss room service though.
4: I did <laughs> miss room service <laughs> I did actually try that first week. I was like, all right. I'm just gonna try to like maybe order a lot of delivery to try to pretend that it's. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work <laughs> <happen to> for you? <laughs> the same, but it was nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's- fun. I mean, because I'm in California, so a lot of my events were like you know. Four or five o'clock California time, right. and then by the time that they're done, I was like, I have to think about dinner. Like I didn't prepare well. I didn't like do yeah. go to the grocery store yeah. right before everything started, so I didn't have everything. So I was like, it's just I'll just order sushi. That's better. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's <good. laughs>
1: But we were talking before we went live though about like the problem with french fries. Like French fries just don't arrive correctly, mm-hmm. right? Like that yeah. is something we really miss mm-hmm. about the world.
4: <laughs> I know. I've A few times I have tried to order them for delivery <laughs> or like curbside pickup a lot of the restaurants I'm around here are doing. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the same. I've just given up on it. Like I feel like French fries will be a thing that I will save. You know, for after the pandemic, I will keep that hope alive that I'll have French fries. That's right.
1: Hugs, handshakes, and French fries. (laughs) right. That's right. (laughs) Agreed. So so Jasmine, we want to dive into asking some questions of you, but first I just wanted to mention we have a birthday coming up among us. One of us is turning, I assume, 29, right? 29 tomorrow, Christy. Yeah, i
2: just... I'm just going to, I'm just staying there. I feel like it's a good for me. If you Google me, 29 still comes up. So I don't really see a reason to change. I feel like it's just
4: right there. Exactly.
2: My mom always says the opposite. She's like, you should always say you're like 10 or 15 years older than you are. So that people are like, God, she looks great. <laughs> Well, you
1: still look great twenty you're 29. You're your 29-year-old age. Thank you. Thank you. Age. Mm-hmm. Thank all you. <laughs> right. So, so, Jasmine, when we have a guest on our show, we each love to ask a question. So to start off with, we have been asking our guests to answer the same question. We all answered it last week, and we're also curious to hear your answer. So to begin, when you were growing up, what were your family's values around reading and writing? Oh,
4: uh, well, I mean, this is why I think I've always been such a big reader my whole life. Um Like, we just had a ton of books in my house. Like, my parents were both in graduate school when I was little. And so they just had so many books that they were always reading. We went to the library all the time. Um, I still drive by what was my... um, like my childhood library, sometimes, which is actually sad for me because they tore down the old building, and I didn't realize they were going to be re- rebuild it. And so, the first time I drove by, and the building was gone, like I almost got in the car. So yeah, but <laughs> then they rebuilt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we went to the library all the time. Like I, you know, reading was just a thing we always did. My dad was working on his dissertation when I was little, so that wow. like reading and writing felt like a thing that you just did constantly. And it was funny, one of my friends who came to stay at my house before the pandemic, like in January, made a joke about how I have like, Books in so many places in my house, it's like I'm just waiting for an emergency to happen. When I, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I need a book right here. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> 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 Growing up, there were just books everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: That's our, our kind of household, I think, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Um,
4: Jasmine, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Pardia too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Party of Two is about Olivia Monroe, who, if any of you have read my first book, The Wedding Date, um, she was the sister of the main character in that book. And at the very beginning of this book, she moves from New York to California. Um, she's starting her own law practice with one of her best friends. And she's at her hotel bar. She hasn't even moved into her new place yet. And she starts chatting with this charming stranger at the bar. She's a little... She's a little suspicious of him. She thinks he's maybe a little too charming. Um, And then when she goes back to her room, she discovers that he isn't just sort of the out of work actor she assumed he was. He is California's junior senator, Max Powell. And they run into each other again a few weeks later at a fundraising luncheon. He pursues her. He'd been thinking about her the whole time. And so they start a little romance. Love it, and there's so much
1: good food in it. I
4: was so hungry reading this book. Last a, lot of text, a lot of desserts, <laughs> a lot of
0: desserts. All right, Mary Alice, did you have a question for Jasmine? Yes. Speaking of hungry, I mean, I think yes, <laughs> I agree. There's such great food in your books, um, but I think Party for Two was such a delightful romantic comedy. It's fun to read, but you also like a cake, you know. You layer in with it. A lot of really serious topics like uh, racism and sexism and privilege. And what I'm curious about is, as the author, how do you balance that romantic comedy that's
4: lighter with the heavier issues that I just mentioned? How do you achieve that balance? You know, that's something I think about a lot um, because I want... there. I want the issues that they deal with in their conversations to feel real. Um, And in real life, there is often that sort of balance where you're, you know, you're dealing with something hard, but then like someone makes a joke and you all start laughing. And then, you know, everybody changes the topic or even keeps going on with the hard thing, but jokes throughout it. Like that is something that I wanted to feel real and balanced. And so sometimes, you know, I will sort of, Flip from like one really heavy scene to one really light scene. Um, partly because sometimes that, like that's what you need in life. Like when you're going through really heavy things, like I usually need someone to balance that out for me um, in life, and I feel like that works well in books too. So that's something you know I think about as I'm writing. Like I want the pacing to feel right. I don't want it to be too much heaviness at once, or, or just in too many scenes in a row. Because I because I think I want to address that stuff in my books, and I think it's important to have it there. And it feels realistic to have it there, but I don't want that to be the center of the book. Um, so, yeah, it is something that I that I do think about a lot as I'm writing.
0: That's really interesting about the pacing, too. You know, how you try and balance chap- chapters, not just... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, mary
3: Kay, did you have a question? Yeah, um, you know, I... I I thought your background, Jasmine, was interesting. I, you know, very few of us go to school to be novelists, and um, you know, and I and I saw, oh my God, this this chick, she's she's got some uh, she's got some background on her. She's got you know Wellesley and Sanford Law, and I wondered when you gave up the law and not only switched to fiction but to. <coughs> rom-com, which, you know, I, I, i kind of write some of that too. And um, did you get pushback from say family or friends or professional colleagues who had said, you know, what are you doing? You, all that education right down the drain. Did you get pushback?
4: Not really. I mean, I think it helps that I, I was doing both at the same time for a while. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't really stop practicing law until I knew that at least for a little while, (laughs) I mean, keeping our fingers crossed that I would be able to (laughs) to succeed at this. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think it also helps that I had been practicing law for a while. So my you know, I was old enough that my parents, you know, my dad did have a very funny reaction when I told him that I was coming out with romance, because first he was just excited, like, you wrote a book, that's so exciting, and then he was very excited for a while, and then, like, all of a sudden it clicked, and he was like, a a romance? Does that mean there's gonna be Sex in the book. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dad, don't read those parts. Story, those parts. But he still struggles with that part, but it's less because of the stigma of romance, and more because my dad just doesn't want to know anything. About <laughs> um, but luckily, you're his little girl. You're a girl. You just want to know about that. Um, but my family and friends were all really supportive and excited for me, which was really wonderful.
0: And now you're so successful, you can kind of.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let, me, let me actually take that quick opportunity to ask a question of all of you Do all of, have all of you written sex scenes and what do the people in your lives think of them I mean I'm just curious because I remember for my my first novel um I was so paranoid because all I thought was my grandparents are going to read this my grandparents are going to read this because <laughs> you know? like I knew they would support me
4: I <laughs> have a good story about that my sister asked because I had given my my mom um, an early copy of the wedding date, which she read, and then she gave it to my grandma. And so my sister asked my grandma, like, "So, grandma, like, what do you think about all the sex scenes in Jasmine's book?" And my grandmother goes, "I had three husbands." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, grandma. We'll go, grandma
3: to right. be you. Yeah. That's,
0: that's
1: hilarious. What about what about you, I Mary Kay? Right
4: about it, I
1: didn't even write like Yeah,
3: I really could not write. Um, you know, for a long time, especially you now, I started out writing mystery. So whenever there would be a love scene, I would picture like the crime scene tape around it. <laughs> so my, I had the reader outside the bedroom door, and just you know, vague. And, but and I didn't really write a real sex scene until my dad was dead.
1: <laughs> wow. He's, he's been dead
3: 15 years now. And, um, you know, he was Irish Catholic and, um, I think he, I think because we have two children, he understood that I had had sex. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the worst question I've ever gotten anywhere was at a, um, I was at a book festival or something. And some, of course it was a man said, um, Miss Andrews, um, I understand that you're a, um, you're a mother and you have a grandchild how how do they how do you know how does that how does that jibe with writing sex scenes (laughs) he did not Uh, oh yeah oh yeah he did and i just went dude i ain't dead yet (laughs) (laughs) what is is one with the other p.s i bet you haven't had any in a long time (laughs) (laughs)
0: So <laughs> how, how about you, Mary Alice? Do your books oh, have anything oh, back in the '90s? So you know, a lot different in the '90s. Um, I actually wrote a story called it, "It Was the Girl in the Mirror," and it was a story uh, based on an actual two patient of my father-in-law who had a se- severe dropped jaw and had an implant. And then she had, she was beautiful afterwards. But she had an allergic reaction to the implants, and so um, it was all about. So I had this story about this woman who physically became beautiful because of the surgery. So it, obviously, the body and the senses are part of the story. It's a steamy book. It's a really and and it's I love the story, but for a pair for some of my readers now who I don't put sex scenes in my book, they kiss and I, I, you know, they close the curtain kind of a thing, yeah. but I enjoyed writing it. Number one, it was, it was very emotional, but whenever I see someone, especially um, someone who doesn't look like they want a lot of sex in their books and I see them, they're buying all my backlist and they buy the girl in the mirror. And I said maybe you don't want <laughs> <laughs> It's my sexy book. So if anybody wants to read my sexy book, mm. Whirl in the Mirror. <laughs> All right. Note to self. <laughs> How about you, Christy?
2: Um, no, I, I, I'm sort of like Mary Alice. I have very sort of like off camera. I mean, you know, you know what's happening and sometimes, but there's nothing too super, but I'm always like, well, my grandmother reads my books. So I, but I do remember this one time, um, Will, my husband and my son were in the car together and they were listening to one of my books on audio. And all of a sudden, it just hit me, and I called Will and I was like, Skip chapter 23. Skip chapter 23. <laughs> he was like, you know, Okay, all right. I
0: couldn't read the girls. I mean, I can't read this because of the sex scenes. Yeah, I, Jasmine, I read my audiobooks, but I couldn't read that one. I just would be exactly on uh, chapter 23. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> So, um, I I wrote my first novel, uh, I sold it in 2004. So I was just about to turn 25. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. And that, like I said, I had the voices of my grandparents in my head. And so I wrote it with that. I thought I had to have a sex scene. And so I wrote it with that, like complete paranoia. Um, and my editor at the time (laughs) said, don't ever do that again. every, every, Every. Every time, every time I, like, sit down to write something sexy now, like, her voice rings in my ear, don't, don't ever really. do that again. I'm like, oh, no! The embarrassment comes flooding back. That's but now sad. that I've taken us on, like, a sexy uh, side trip, um, <laughs> <laughs> back to Jasmine. So, Patty actually left us uh, with a question for you. She was disappointed she couldn't be here tonight. She's off to visit her granddaughter, so it's for a very good reason. Um, but she said, I read this great interview with you in Catapult about how hard it was to call yourself a writer. When did you mm-hmm. finally feel that happened when did you feel like you could really do this I think for all of it it's different all of
4: us it's different um you know it's really been only like since so my first book came out in January of 2018 and it, it was really like at some point Last year, so maybe at some point in 2019, where I could easily say I'm, I'm a writer. When someone asked me what I did, I could say I'm a writer and not think about it. Um, but it, it is actually sort of funny because now, like at the beginning of Party of Two, one of the things that happens when they first meet is that Olivia lies to Max about what she does because she doesn't want to say she's a lawyer because people always say, like, annoying things to lawyers or nasty things to lawyers about what they are. And, and now I sort of have flipped sometimes to going back and telling strangers that I'm a lawyer instead of a writer because people say the weirdest things to you (laughs) when they find out that you write romance. Like one time I was in a taxi with my mom and my mom who like loves to brag about me. So he, so the taxi driver asked what I wrote and I, you know, said I was a writer. And then Like my mom said that she writes romance novels, and then the taxi driver was like, "Romance novels? Wait, is it from real life?" And I was like, all, that's gross." Secondly, my mom is here. Like, what are you doing? So, so that did make make it like make me feel more normal about saying I'm a writer. But now I don't want to like have that conversation with people because I don't know if they're going to be gross or not. (laughs) Here, <laughs> They always say, oh, I
0: bet your research is a lot of fun. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes. oh. Oh. Good. Very
1: good answer. Um, Christy,
2: did you have a question for Jasmine? I do. Yes. Um, so this just felt like I had to ask it because I just stumbled upon it and you were going to be our guest this week. Um, But I read the amazing piece that you wrote for the July 20th issue of Time about the power of black fiction and why we all need to be reading it. And I was so moved by the whole piece, but the line that you the world to know, not just our pain, but the whole of our lives and especially our joy. And that just like seared me. That was so beautiful. And so I'm sure not all of our viewers have had the chance to read that article yet. And so I was wondering if you could elaborate on it just a little bit for the people who haven't read it yet. And then maybe give us a couple of recommendations for Black fiction that we all need to have on our list this summer.
4: Yeah, um, you know, I think too often, especially right now, there's all these like anti-racism reading lists and stuff, or even some of the big fiction lists that people recommend um, buying about Black people are kind of the heavier ones. and those books are all great but like read books about you know black kids playing or like black women falling in love or you know black teenagers like getting into college and feeling successful like all of that stuff is Mm -hmm. great too because it's not like the whole of our lives is not about the pain and the struggle um so I have a few that I have read recently that I just loved um First, You Should See Me in a Crown, which is a young adult novel. Um, It is just a joy to read. I really loved it. It is by Leah Johnson. It's about this Black girl who lives in a small town in Indiana, and she runs for prom queen. Um, And so it's a great story because she's running for prom queen for a specific reason. There's a scholarship money attached to it. She really wants to get that to like be able to go to the college she wants to go to. You know, she falls in love during the book and she's like figuring that out. She has friendship struggles and she's sort of figuring out how to, you know, work with her friends who have like been her friends for a long time, but now they're kind of growing apart and she's figuring that out. Um, and I just really loved so much about that book. It's just great. Um, I also loved from the Desk of Zoe Washington, which came out earlier this year. It's a middle grade book. I just bought that for my granddaughter. Oh, it's so fun. I love it. I recommend she's it. It's a sixth to grader. So I just kids. bought it for her. Yeah, to so many kids. Um, you know, it's about a girl who loves baking and she is like trying to, um, w- you know, be able to get on this baking show. But then she's also oh. writing letters to her father, who she's never met before because he's in prison. And so they are wow. like, finding their way to a relationship together but it's, it's still like fun and frothy and delightful but it's about real issues yeah. um and then the boyfriend project by farah roshan which is a romance about a woman who lives in austin texas she works in a tech company and she you know she's dealing with all the stuff that comes from like being a black woman and working in, in tech um which is a lot and then you know she kind of starts a romance with someone who works with her who has his own secrets that she doesn't know about and so
3: mm-hmm.
4: though it's it's just such a fun story and really interesting um mm-hmm. so i just loved all of those books and recommend them thank you thank you and uh, i, I read those down to that up on the website yeah, right i wrote them write down something. so I'll, we can put oh, links oh yeah.
2: thanks for doing and that yeah, i yeah
1: i was yeah. just thinking like oh i'll have to listen to i know cuz i'm thank sure you. i'm not not watching
2: live, but I know everyone's going, put that on the page, so put that on the page. The- <laughs> okay, so
1: we'll do that right after, that sounds perfect. Thank you, yeah. Jasmine, that was great. It actually kind of leads um, naturally a little bit into my question, which is, um, one of the blurbs I've read about your book is from, or your books in general is from the Seattle Times. They say the real pleasure here is the little world Guillory has created. A Los Angeles populated with a diverse, devoted crowd of nice people who hold each other up, treat each other to cupcakes, have each other's back and occasionally fall in love. I feel like, um, I feel like that when I read your books too, that the world you create on the page is just a really nice one. Do you think that writing fiction like that, where where kindness and decency sort of rule can actually move readers a little further
4: along the road to being better people? I absolutely do think so. I mean, even just writing it, it feels like it makes me want to be a better person. Or you kind of think about, you know, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, we're all going through something really hard and so i have been really trying to like give people the benefit of the doubt more you know if like someone's being grumpy in the grocery store or cuts you off in traffic like i think like m- maybe they're maybe their family members in the hospital like maybe they're stressed maybe they just lost their job like all of those things and so that's something that i try to think about in fiction like they're always you know your characters will always do something bad or like something unkind or whatever, but I want there to be a good reason for it and for them to recognize, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like, I, let, me, let me figure out a way to around that. And so it sometimes makes me want to think like, like, you know, try to be more empathetic with other people and then mm-hmm. like be gentler on myself. Cause I think we all beat ourselves up about a lot of stuff. And so that's something that I think reading helps with. And then writing also does too. What a good answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, thank you so much. This is um, this has been so enjoyable just finding out more about you, Jasmine. Um, so to all of you watching out there, make sure to post your questions for Jasmine or for us now. We're going to be pulling some live in a few minutes. I also want to remind you to head over to the Friends in Fiction Facebook group if you're not there already. And there you will find a link to all of our new books at Bank Square Books. All of our books ship free, which is actually a slightly better discount than our usual 10%. And that includes Jasmine's Party of Two, Mary Alice's On Ocean Boulevard, Christie's Feels Like Falling, Patty's Becoming Mrs. Lewis, Mary Kay's Hello Summer, in my new novel, The Book of Lost Names, which comes out in six days. Um, Plus again, we will be donating a dollar per book to the Hurston Wright Foundation, which helps support and foster emerging black writers. As always, each book you buy at an indie store is a good deed. You are helping to keep the literary community thriving. Plus you get to read awesome books. It's a (laughs) win-win. So now the four of us had a chance to ask Jasmine some questions and now we would love to let you do the same. We've chosen two from among the questions on our Facebook page. Page, and we would love to let Jasmine answer both of them. So while you're talking, or while we are talking, again, if you have something you would like to ask all of us, just post it below the video and Christy will be drawing those questions. I'm we'll watching them
2: come in right now. Perfect. So <laughs>
1: everyone do your work, give us your questions. But Mary Alice, would
0: you like to ask Jasmine the you first other question? Jasmine, I have the first one. All righty. This is um, the Ladies of the Tabahani Book Circle in Los Angeles, say. This is a five book series. And is it possible to see additional characters introduced in the wedding date series? And does each book have its own cake? And will you ever create a recipe book? <laughs> it
4: does not have its own cake, but that's a great idea. I have <laughs> to think about that, like if each book was a cake, what cake would they be? I'm gonna have to figure out that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a cookbook, you know, it's funny because. One time someone asked me if I would ever write nonfiction and I was like, no, I can't think of any nonfiction i would ever be interested in writing. And then later someone was like, what about a cookbook? And I was like, okay, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I am much more of a home cook. So I just, I often will like pull recipes or throw things together, but I'm not like, I don't, I just, you know have learned from doing so we'll see if I can I would ever be able to write a recipe in the way that like actual recipe writers do um that might be fun but I have a lot of my plate in the next year or so so we'll see what happens <laughs> but that would that would be a lot of fun <laughs> okay book um there might be more books with these same characters we'll see I mean I think everything right now in a pandemic like I'm finding writing to be really hard I'm proud of myself for any writing I get done any day. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> like that. You know what?
0: That makes me think of what you just said about, you know, not beating yourself up and being yes. confused. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: very true. Uh, Mary Kay, did you want to ask the other reader question?
3: Yes. Uh, this question is for Debbie Bowen, B-O-E-N, who says, I previously read the proposal and am a third of the way through Party of Two. What I really like about these two books is the diversity of characters and their interactions.
4: Was the diversity intentional? And if so, what is your motivation? I mean, it was intentional in a certain extent, but also it just felt natural. Like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the Los Angeles that I know, the Bay Area that I know are full of people of all sorts of you know, ethnicities and races um, that, you know, I've lived in California my whole life and that's the California that I see. So it didn't, it wouldn't make sense to me to write a book that didn't reflect the reality that I see. Um, So yes, I mean, yes, it was intentional, but also not, I didn't have to work for it. I Mm wouldn't put it that way. Um, So, but that was really fun to write. I mean, it, it just in like, I don't live in Los Angeles. And so the proposal on party two were my two books that are set there so i had to get a lot of intel you know i did some visits and then got some intel from friends who do live there um to you know figure stuff out and where would people go and where would they live and all of that stuff so that that those parts were lots of fun awesome
1: um christy do you have a few live questions i do
2: i have some live questions for you guys um Sorry, I'm looking at, the, I'm at, I'm just telling you, I'm out of town, so my light and stuff is weird. I do not have my like normal Zoom space, so I'm sorry that I look a little strange, but that's okay. Um, okay, so um, Fran Handelman-Long wants to know, what personal experiences have you had that have influenced your writing? So Jasmine, do you want to take that first, and then we'll kind of chime in? Yeah, um, let me think. Or yeah. somebody else can take it. So we don't put you on yeah, the spot for every fair. question. Okay. Mary Alice, what about you? I know you have a good answer to this one.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, talk about yourself. <laughs> well, I think too.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I can talk about, it. I'll take it first then. Um, this wasn't necessarily, like, my personal experience, and I talked about this earlier today, so sorry, Mary Alice, you've just heard this story, um, but I was talking about my next book, Under the Southern Sky, um, is, uh, it's a different kind of story for me, and it's about um, some frozen embryos and, like, uh, some, you know, issues surrounding them, and I really got the story idea from a friend who came to a party one night, and um, she was pregnant with twins at the time. And she was like, oh my gosh, I have all these frozen embryos. What am I going to do with them? You know, I didn't think about this. I didn't think about the ramifications of what I was doing. And I just thought that was such a really interesting kind of ethical situation. Um, And then I sort of ramped it up by having the woman whose embryos, they were no longer alive. So, um, but that didn't necessarily happen to me, but I feel like it was, you know, it was something that someone said to me and, and she said, you should write a book about this. And so I've been thinking about it for five years and- Um, it was really, really interesting to write. I'm going to try to move myself, y'all. I'm sorry about my light here.
0: No, fine. So, Jasmine, what do you think? What's your answer?
4: You know, I think, um, it's not so much experiences I've had, but, like, relationships that I've had that have really influenced my writing. Like, um, one of the things, like, especially in the proposal, the main character in that book has two really good friends, and they're sort of constantly texting each other and asking each other for advice. And that is absolutely how I interact with my friendships. Like, they're very close to me. You know, my friends, I text for advice all the time. It was actually actually two of the friends that I was sort of thinking about as I wrote that friendship story. Um, one of them has a teenage daughter, and she texted us just today, like, about her daughter got this really cute haircut. And she was like, are you going to text your friends and show them your haircut? And her daughter was like, why would I do that? That's stupid. And she was like, well, I, I mean, I, we do that. <laughs> 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 That's, awesome. That's funny. And then, she, and then she told her mom, well, you guys are old. And I was like, oh. cool. Thanks. You need to be awesome.
1: reminded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Happy birthday, Christy. Tomorrow. <laughs> how about uh, how about uh
3: Mary Kay or Mary Alice? Do either of you have anything you wanted to answer for that? You know, um when I wrote Hello Summer, it's about a, a big city journalist, and I was a big city journalist long time ago. And um and so I did try to channel some of the experiences um, that I had as a newspaper reporter, and the idea that sometimes you write a story and you get a lot of pushback um, from the community—they don't want to—they don't want to know the truth about somebody—and um, and so I thought about that a lot when I was writing the the book. But the the main thing was at the beginning of the book and the beginning of Hello Summer, it, it's at Conley's going away party at, in the newsroom at the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which is the last paper I worked at. <laughs> And so I kind of channeled that and I thought about, oh gosh, you always get this stale cake, stale sheet cake and, you know, lukewarm champagne and, um, you know, half the people there hate your guts because you're going somewhere better. (laughs) So that was, that was kind of fun to think about. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. How about Mary Alice?
0: Well, I, you know, so many experiences I do with wildlife and I write about those, but I remember one thing uh, someone said was my, it was actually my daughter who finally read The Beach House 10 years after it came out. And I had already written the continuing books. And she said she was reading about how Lovey, the character, had an abusive husband. And she went, mom, I don't see why Lovie just didn't leave her husband. Like, I don't understand. And it was a really enlightening moment for me and I went, Oh my goodness, little girl because in the nineteen seventies it was a very different time, mm-hmm. especially in Charleston, South Carolina. And I knew that this whole young generation had no idea why a woman would stay in that marriage at that time in history. And so that's when I wrote um the Beach House Memories, so that the children would my children as well as other people would understand that decision. Is you know, that heartbreaking decision.
1: Yeah, makes sense. So Christy, how how about uh do you have any, some other questions?
2: Yes. Um, so Julie Bodie wants to know, are any of you planning on writing a book about this time of COVID or plan to in the future?
0: <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Jasmine, you dive in first. You're our guest.
4: Um not right now. I mean, I feel like this is a time when I'm going to need to be able to reflect on it after it's over to be able to write about it. Completely. Um, <laughs> because, you know, it's still so ongoing. Like, how will it end? Where will it end? Like, because I'm too close to it right now. Like, I feel like certain things you have to take some time to write about. So I'm sure I'll write about it at some point, but I think it'll be a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually doing that very thing.
0: I actually am. I'm I'm it's difficult in a way. And it's not difficult, Jasmine, only because the it's about the interpersonal relationships and the family I'm experiencing and I'm exploring. And so I'm actively exploring it. But we were saying just earlier when I was talking to Christy earlier, I don't know how this summer's fully gonna end is there going to be a hurricane <laughs> or what's going to happen in august i think i'll cut it off in august but my goodness i have never had a book where i actually have to live in real time yeah. Yeah. but it's I, it's a challenge and i it's it's something i just want to talk about while it's fresh because i'm going through it mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I can't quite figure out if if 2020 is going to be the most written about year in modern history or the least written about year. I know. History. I feel I like know. it's going to go one of the two ways. It's not going to fall in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't think. You know, I'm halfway through my summer 21 book, and um, as far as that novel's concerned, 2020 hadn't happened yet. Yeah. My my readers come to my my fiction for an escape. And for a good time. And um, as far as I can tell, there's not a whole lot of yucks in a pandemic.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I find that there is. I am finding some really beautiful moments with the family. And shoring each other up. And, um, like, people living with each other, like a niece is living with me now. And that wouldn't have happened in another time. Um, you know, I'm actually a sister from Ellenville. <laughs> You know, how often would she be able to just leave California and move in with me for the summer? So it's um, actually two sisters. So we have a little commune going on. But, you know, it's this is an odd moment in time. I played Monopoly with my grandchildren.
2: How cool Mm -hmm. is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I um. My 2021 book started in April of 2020 and y'all know because I like didn't catch it. Like no one called it. I had read it. My editor had read it and I got my copy edits back and I was like, oh my God. I just wrote a book that starts in April of 2020. Like, that can't happen. And it it ended up not being that big of a deal, but the book spans, like, 30 years. And there were some places in there where moving something back three years made it so, like, it wouldn't have that kind of cell phone or that album wouldn't have been out. Or, you know, there were, like, little itty, but it, it was not a huge deal, but it was just funny that, like, three years can make that much difference. But I thought, I don't know when this is going to end, so there's no way that I can... Put out a book in twenty twenty one talking about, you know, September of twenty twenty, because I don't know what September of twenty twenty is gonna look like. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. It was a lesson. It was a lesson. <laughs> it's weird when you have to change things. My um for the
1: book of lost name, no, not the book of lost names, the winemaker's wife. Um there was a scene that centered around Notre Dame. And I think we were in second past pages when um, when the yes. fire happened there. And yes. so I had to go in and completely rewrite the scene like at the eleven, I mean, it, wow. and it, it just changed the tone of that part of the book oh, because, yes. and I had to do it so hastily, but I mean, but I couldn't have had like a jokey scene about Notre yeah. Dame. It, it just, no. I mean, and thank goodness it happened you know, while I still had time to fix it. So that was kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, those were great questions. So um, right. on, so now, Jasmine, on every Friends in Fiction episode, we try to give our viewers out there a writing tip. So, um, you know, we have a lot of aspiring writers with us. So tonight we thought that people might want to hear those words of wisdom from you. Do you have a tip for people trying to write a novel?
4: I do. My biggest writing tip is to read as much as you can. Mm. Um, you know, reading, like... Just reading in general helps with your writing because it expands what you know about fiction, expands what you know about writing, like how different people do things in different ways and that's okay. It introduces you to different, you know, ways of putting together sentences, different words, like that's all great. But then also in the genre that you're trying to read in, like read a ton because I see, I get, you know, sometimes people ask me questions about certain things, and the answer is often just read a lot more in that genre, and it will help you know the answer, like, can I do this, or can I do that, or how long does this have to be, or all of that kind of stuff, like, you'll know if you, you know, if you read 20 books in that genre, Mm -hmm. you'll know more, you know, it'll come more naturally to you, you won't wonder, um, and and you won't feel uncertain in a way, you'll, like, you'll be able to understand, so I think, you know, just diving into books, like go, you know, I know people can't go to the library now, but like get libraries, get library books, you know, ebook or, you know, get them from like curbside pickup from your library if that's open, um, do whatever you can to just read a ton because it teaches you so much more than you would find out in any like Googling about the genre or any of that.
1: You're totally right i feel like there's a rhythm to books too and you have yes. to you almost have to internalize that rhythm as a like it, it can't be something someone tells you do x y and z it has to be something that you just know in your gut and then you can pour your story onto the page it's such a good 100%.
4: point and when i was you know when i first started writing like i sent you know a little bit of something that i written to a friend and she was like, you need to go back and look at, you know, if there are books that you really loved, because, like, I was struggling with dialogue, and she was like, go back and read those and pay attention to how they do the dialogue, and that helps me more than anything else has ever done, like, I would, you know, because I think reading a book for the first time, you're just sort of experiencing it, Mm -hmm. but when you go and reread it and think hard about the choices that they made or what you know why is this structured in one way you learn so much about it and i learned a ton just doing that it's interesting that you mentioned dialogue
1: specifically because i think that's something you do really really well i mean that's something that really to me about your writing really stands out so you obviously learned really well <laughs> um so on friends and fiction we also like to share the books we're reading and jasmine gave us um some great book recommendations i know mary kay that you had a book recommendation tonight
3: yeah, um, What You Wish For, Catherine Center's new book. And she writes um, delightful rom coms, last year's Things You Save in a Fire. My daughter and I read, Katie and I read a lot of the same books. And um, that was one of our favorites last year. I was going to hold it up tonight, but she's actually got it. She snatched it away from me. But yeah, What You Wish For, Catherine Center. <laughs> we share the same editor at St. Martin's Press. So she's kind of my my publishing sister. But I love her books.
2: Oh, that's awesome. great! And that
3: just came out this week, so
1: I, I've heard—I have heard good things about it so far. That's great. How
0: about um, Mary Alice or Christy? Did either of you have a book you'd like to share tonight? Well, last week I recommended uh, Susan Wiggs's *This Oysterville Sewing Circle*, and I got a lot of uh, comments saying, "What about the Bookshop of um, Lost and Found," which is her new book, and I've been reading that, and it's just wonderful, and it's—it's. It's, It's a if you finish the one, it's time to move into Susan Bigg's second one.
2: (laughs) I have a very special book that I'm getting ready to talk about in just a second. So we can.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Do you want to tell us about next week, Christy, about what's what's happening next week? I do.
2: Next week is pretty much the biggest week we've ever had on Friends in Fiction because Kristen Harmel's The Book of Lost Names releases on Tuesday. And I just want to say, you guys, I mean, we hinted this, but if you're new, if this is your first time, if you don't know, Kristen is our godmother. Like, she made all of this happen. We all were like, oh, we should start a Facebook live show. And the next week, Kristen's like, okay, here it is. Like, we're ready to go. And we did it. And it was because of her. And so, if you enjoy this show, tell her thank you. Guy, going right now and pre ordering her new book because it comes out on Tuesday. I have read it. We've all read it. It is. It's one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorite books of the year. Maybe one of my favorite books ever. Um, it is about a librarian who um, is a, works as a forger and saves thousands and thousands of um, Jewish children in particular um, during world war II. And it is a beautiful story. I absolutely loved it. I cannot say enough nice things about it. We have all read it. We have all loved it. We have all put our blurbs all over the place. So um, <laughs> Just buy the book. Don't make me talk about it anymore. It's fabulous. Okay. But she has a huge surprise for us next week. Um, In addition to her beautiful, wonderful book, we are welcoming our very first musical guests and they're big time. Um, It is (laughs) Finn Block and Drew Copeland from the multi-platinum band Sister Hazel. Yes, Sister Hazel. I know. I could not believe it when she said that. Um, They're going to join us for an intimate chat about storytelling and song. You probably know them from their 1997 mega hit, All For You. If you don't, you were probably not born yet in 1997, because if you were alive in 1997, you know that song. I love that song. Love it. Such a good song. It's such a good song. Um, And like, as soon as she said it, I was like singing it, you know, whoever it was. But um, it's so, so good. And they might even sing one of their hit songs for us on the show. And of course, we'll also be celebrating the launch of Kristen's The Book of Lost Names, which she'll be telling us all about. So make sure to be here for the official Kristen Harmel Book of Lost Names Fest. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) We're going to have a big celebration. She's going to tell us about the book Wednesday, July 22nd, 7 p.m., be there or be square. Hey, Jasmine,
4: what kind yeah. of cake do we need to have
0: for the book
4: club? I think that's the answer for Christian. What kind <laughs> of cake do you need, need to have on hand for your club. <laughs> oh no, I don't I don't know an answer to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> champagne soaked cake. Can we do oh. like champagne cake? <laughs> yes. Oh,
2: <laughs> with I champagne
1: don't. on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Christy. Those were really nice things to say. And um, and I disagree with you about um about being the godmother or whatever our friends in fiction we we all we all played I think a super vital role in starting it and we
0: didn't
1: well no no we 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 did though and we all brought we all bring something um different to the table and it's just been this gift that we've been, been able to do this. I mean, I think it's grown because of, you know, because of what we all bring and then because of the wonderful guests like Jasmine that we're inviting yeah. on. So it's been, it, we've just had these wonderful conversations and we're so grateful to all of you out there who have been joining us. I know a lot of you have been here since day one. A lot of you are new. I hope, um I hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. So thank Jasmine, you. For is it, that.
4: Jasmine, is it fun as a guest? You have to tell <laughs> <So> it. <fun. laughs> thank you guys so much for having me
3: loved having it was, you
1: it was so such fun. a treat to have you jasmine and um mm-hmm. you you were you know i've always known you were wonderful because obviously we share holly but yes. um and and i love your books but um it was just delightful to to meet the person behind these words that make me smile and make me laugh and it was this was wonderful so thank you but, so much for, for being with us thank you and to all of you out there, one more reminder to support our bookseller of the week, Bank Square Books. The link is on the Friends and Fiction page, and you get free shipping on any of our new books. Plus, we will be donating a dollar per book sold to the Hurston Wright Foundation. Christy's birthday is this week, so it would be a great time to order her latest. Feels like yeah. falling. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also um, consider picking up Party of Two. I know a lot of you picked it up last week. You've been posting your pictures of it, but um, this is Jasmine's latest, which is wonderful. And please do join us on our Friends in Fiction page to ask us your questions and to interact with other readers. And please join us next week when we welcome Ken Block
3: and Drew Copeland from the band Sister Hazel. So anything else, ladies, before we go tonight? Just join us on, our, on all of our social media. Join us on Instagram and Facebook. I know Jasmine's, you're active on uh, Insta, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And
1: Twitter. I do a lot on Twitter too, yeah. I think. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that's where you can find out about the real um, off the page us. That's right.
2: Exactly. That's true. And anything else, ladies? Just big thank you for being here, Jasmine.
4: That was really yes. fun. Yeah. Thank you very, very, very so much for having me. This was wonderful. And thank you for the recommendations. I think we're all oh, right. you're very welcome.
1: What a treat and what a fun night. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And to all of you out there, thank you for spending some time with us tonight. So we are friends in fiction and that's a wrap. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. More wine. (laughs) (laughs) Go for the wine. So that was great. Wasn't she delightful? So yeah. She was
2: awesome. She really was. I mean, I knew she was going to be awesome because yeah. her books are so good and charming. And, but she was wonderful. She really was. She was um, very engaging, for sure. She was awesome.
3: I love that she recommended a middle grade book that I just literally bought for Molly, who's going into sixth grade, who loves to bake. That's so awesome. Um, and actually, that was a bookseller recommendation from um, Murder by the Book in um, Houston. One of my favorite bookstores recommended that book. So um, so when I found it for Molly, I was so excited. That's awesome. I love
0: that you bought it because it's a coincidence. But also, I've been watching you all summer doing baking with yes. your granddaughters. So mm-hmm. good choice. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's an, actually a good reminder about why... Uh, I was just going to say, that's a good reminder about why um, independent booksellers are so important. I mean, yeah. because you got a recommendation like that, because you went to an, you know, you you sought out the advice of an independent store or you saw it on social media. That's why they're such an important part of the fabric of our literary community. 100%.
3: Yeah, Sorry, what am I, and then I am missing something. that about being on tour because I had like a handful of bookstores. They knew what I liked, and when I would come in every year, they would say, oh, We know what you, we know, we know your husband likes thrillers. Here's a thriller. He probably hadn't read. Um, You know, we know what you like. We know you like some historic fiction. We know you like um, women's fiction and um, you know, the books are not necessarily on the bestseller list, but they're great books. And when a bookseller basically makes you buy a book says, (laughs) actually what I've had happen more than once, I don't know about you ladies. I've had them say, you just take this book. I can't, I, you have to read it. I've had that, I mean, when I read um, um, Major Pettigrew, did you all read yeah. that book? Um, a bookseller put that in my hands and said, I can't charge you for this book because you're going to love it so much. You're going to recommend it. Incredible.
0: You know, the comment that um, stayed with me that Jasmine made but she was talking about how she wanted it was from the article you you mentioned, Christy, about how she wanted people not just to know about the hardships but the everyday joy that they have. And I thought that was really a beautiful insight.
1: Yeah, she's um I, I love how she balances um the light and the serious in in a way that um that lets you learn and grow without even realizing that you're doing mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And she was just like that in our chat tonight too.
0: Especially now. I mean, these
1: are hard times. <laughs> Christy was outraged. She's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm done.
3: <laughs> but You we- know she went to get more wine. <laughs>
0: I think that's she's having a hard time with her audio i think and her visual yeah. well
3: plus she's in a cabin with a bunch of little boys so <laughs> they, they may have abducted her tighter and put put her up in a closet her, her in a closet are you there yeah, I know she
2: froze for a moment there she is <laughs> sorry no it just you know so i don't have wi-fi here and yeah. so i'm like using my friend's hot spot and i was waiting all night for this to happen so Feel pretty lucky that I made it to seven fifty-six. We thought maybe the boys had tied you up and put you in a closet. Well, there there are nine nine little kids here, so that that was highly possible. <laughs> so are you spending the night there? Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me. We're gonna spend the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're actually like three different houses. So um, it's kind of fun because everybody like can be together, but like have their own space. Yeah. How fun. Um, no, but I was just going to say, Kristen, how are you feeling about next week? Um, happy that the book is going to be
1: out there. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I feel good about this one. I, I feel, um, I you feel should proud feel good. Scene. You should
3: feel very proud.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you. Um, and you know, it's those, it's those pre-release jitters that you know we, I, I think we all have. Um, yes. you don't know how it's going to do, how it's going to be received, but um. I'm, I'm just glad it's, I'm glad the date is finally almost here. <laughs>
0: so yeah. thank you. And we're thank all, you for shouting out from the rooftops. and
1: Well, and I appreciate you. that so much. You, the, the four of you, including Patty have just been the, um, the kindest, uh, sisters from another mister I could ask for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this has
1: been wonderful. And I've, um, I just appreciate your friendship and support all of you.
2: Wow. We love you. And we're really proud of you. And we cannot yeah. wait. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. And on that
1: note, cheers. Good night. On that note, happy birthday, birthday girl. I'm I'm
2: going to show y'all where we we are. Yes, this is my birthday view. There's my husband. Look at that. Oh, look. It's really pretty here. Well, enjoy your birthday
3: glass of wine.
2: I'm going to. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.
3: night. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Good night. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye.
3: Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your
1: voice to the world.